Come on. Welcome to Life Club. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Greg Cohen. Greg, are you ready to do this? Let's do it. Nice let's, to meet you. Let's go. It's nice to meet you too. Greg is the CEO of Fortis. They're a leader in commerce payment technology. They're helping to fortify your business through unique commerce experiences. Greg, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Uh, nice to meet everyone. My name is Greg Cohen. I am the CEO of Fortis. Um, I have been in the payments industry over 25 years. And as the business has evolved um, very, very kind of briefly, we've gone from a very uh, horizontal business where, you know, the same solution worked for every single business, you know, pretty much in America or in the world. Um, and as the business, as, as you know, kind of the, the technology has morphed, everything's become very verticalized. Right. You've got very specific software for a very specific restaurant or a shoe store or what have you. And because of that, software has played a much more important role in the way that people conduct commerce, whether it's online, mobile, um, you know, in your store or in your facility. And one of the things that's made commerce powerful in, in, in the fact that how it's evolved as well is the payments capabilities behind that have morphed as well. Not only does it have to work in every single medium, but how do you engage with a customer during the shopping experience to make it more and more powerful? And what we at Fortis do is we literally embed commerce solutions into these journeys that software providers often push down into their business applications. So that if you think about the experience you have when you go in an Uber, and I think that's the greatest way to talk about embedded commerce is you go and you, you know, you get your car, you go for your ride, you get out, you leave, and like it all just happened. You didn't think about pain. You thought about the experience you were having. In many cases, you think about shopping. Nobody actually wants to pay, right? What they want to do is be able to shop and get stuff. Nobody actually wants to pay. So if you can embed that to where your customers are, and whether that's a you know a business, whether that's a patient or whether that's a consumer, depending what type of business it is, you know, that is really what, when I talk about embedded commerce that we enable, we partner with software providers up and down different, uh, different verticals and ecosystems to create these journeys so that they create better, you know, kind of call it customer, um, customer experiences. And then we push that down to their business clients. And so, you know, today we process uh, heading north of $20 billion of payment transaction volume, and that's credit cards, that's ACH, that's, you know, new alternative payments that are coming down the pipe. You've heard about things like buy now, pay later, or even have a project to look to over the next few, few months to, you know, light up the ability to accept crypto capabilities. But it's, it's creating these journeys for each type of business that really sets us apart. Our job is to make software providers better by providing better commerce experiences for them and user customers. I love it. Fascinating. Sky's the limit. Have, have, have you ever run into a journey that was, that was just a bridge too far? Uh, you know, I would say that we are really good in the markets that we have. We've tried to narrow down our focus into four or five key verticals where we do really well. 
Um, I think what, you know, giving it back again, if you try to do all things for all people, you're going to fail with some of them. So if you can try to narrow that down and play in the verticals where your company is really good at, we do really well in specialty retail. We do really well in kind of the B2B ecosystem where we're partnering with accounting software packages and then, you know, how that integrates not only with that one when they sell online or when they're doing invoicing and things of that sort. We do really well in healthcare um, where you're thinking about patient engagement and you're thinking about medical billing efficiencies as much as you're thinking about, you know, other areas like that. You know, we do really well in lodging and wineries and breweries where we created this dynamic where we, uh, you know, where we help manage not just the actual transaction on the front end, but, you know, when there's a dispute, how that is automatically adjudicated throughout the process. And so as we think about where we do really well, it's North American, it's those types of experiences and we can solve complex problems when someone's not just using one system, they may be using three or four and they need to put those together so that now when their customer is online or on their mobile app or getting an invoice, it kind of all comes back together for that amazing experience. And that's where we've really focused and had a lot of success. Well, that certainly does make sense as, as more of these new technologies have come online, it gives great opportunities and exciting new ways to, to take payment, but also potentially just layers on more and more complexity and different software and systems that don't necessarily talk to each other. And it's your desire goal. What you do is to come in, figure out, here's what I want to do, and then to make it as simple as possible. That's right. It's, made, it's, it's, to, make it invi- it's to make it invisible. You know, we have this thing that we said, how do you make payments invisible, right? You embed it in the journey. And so then at the end, you know, the, the checkout is, and there's new technology to help, right? There's a, you know, the, you know, if you think about Apple, I can just click to pay at the end of my journey, opposed to fill out an entire form, or there's ways that we keep the token on, you know, the, the credentials on file. So that the next time you show up, we recognize you and it can just happen. And all of that, you know, it may seem like it, you know, it may seem like there's a lot of work to do there, but it makes it so much better for the business because they don't have to deal with abandonment. We've all tried to sit in shopping carts, and then we start to check out and we punch it in this and we fat finger that. And it's like, okay, I give up, I quit. Right. And so if you can avoid that, you can increase sales as a business. Um, you actually make for better customer experience. And in many cases, especially when you're talking about invoicing, like in healthcare or B2B and areas like that, you actually can speed up your receivables collection piece of it as well. And so you know, efficiencies in the, in the, in the, in the, in the shopping experience, in the buying experience and in the collecting experience just makes for a much better kind of customer experience all in that. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. Who, who, who is the regulating body for, for your industry? Yeah. I mean, we deal with a lot of different regulators, right? So you know, kind of, if you think about the referee, so to speak, when you're talking about credit cards, it's usually Visa or MasterCard or American Express or Discover, or what have you. We also do a lot of ACH transactions. So now you've got NACHA, which is a banking association that manages that. But you think about all the data and pieces of those things we have, right? Um, we have security audits by our sponsor banks that we have to deal with. We've got other regulatory uh, bodies that we've got to deal with. And you think about it, 
even the FTC and the CFPB kind of oversee what we do. If you think about many of our businesses are doing, you know, are sending out bills and invoices and things of that sort. So you talk about consumer protection. If you think about, you know, just kind of managing transactions along the ecosystem, we have the FTC involved in there and certain payment tenders, you know, bring up new people. If you think about the buy now, pay later world that we live in today, a lot of people have had a lot of, you know, conversation about that, that segment and the fact that, you know, people are now taking on incremental amounts of debt that maybe they didn't know they were taking on. And so even though we don't balance sheet and we're not a buy now, pay later company, we enable it. And so you have to think about those things within our ecosystem. So lots of uh, incremental regulation and, and, and people overlooking our shoulders to make sure that we do it right. Because look, at the end of the day, we keep a lot of very sensitive information in our it, it behind our walls. And it's our job to you know, be able to protect that and, and make sure that people trust us to do that every day. Yeah, for sure. We're talking about obviously our money. So it's one of the most important things in the world that that's protected. And as a consumer, I want to just click this button and I want it to have it show up at my house immediately. So I want that to be as streamlined as possible. Um, so you want to keep everybody happy and everything goes great until I get irritated with something and you need to make that end of it, I suppose, smooth as well. So I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot. If, so, if, if, if somebody, if, if, if I walked into Fortis and saw behind the curtain and everything, what do you think I'd be most surprised by? What do you think? I, I, you know, I would tell you, you'd most be surprised at the amount of the team. You know, we can talk about the customers all day long, but like it really is the attitude of the team. Um, you know, we, we, we call ourselves guides because our job is to guide our partners, which in many cases are the software providers that businesses are partnering with to provide their solution in a given vertical. And we take those partners on a guided journey because everyone's experience is a little bit different and that people wake up and like get excited about that every day. And even when we have problems, no company's perfect, that the way everyone works together to go get those individual things solved. Um, is kind of, to me, the fun part about waking up every day with the team. Um, it is uh, a culmination of almost 200 people, uh, you know, spread out around the country now, um, making it happen every day. And to me, I think that's the fun part. And when I look at our roadmap of where we're going and the new things that we're going to be able to bring out to our partner, you know, our software partners and our businesses, with that team being able to execute on it, to me, that's what makes it fun getting up every day. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. I imagine that people need to, everybody on your team needs to be, have a really positive attitude to be solution driven. And let's let's figure out how to do this, even if it's really, really hard, we're still committed to being able to do that. Because I'm sure that that's really what, what, what your partners are demanding or wanting rather. So you're processing $20 billion, uh, kind of give or take. How many different partners are you working with? You mentioned these software partners. Yeah, we've got about, we've got a little, we've got 120 different software providers broken into those different segments. And if you think about, like most people go and they, you know, if you think about a business, right, they figure out what's the business management solution that's going to help me run this business. And then within that business management system, I need a way to conduct commerce, right? And it may be, and quite frankly, in many companies, it's multiple business management systems, right? I use something in my call center, 
something on my website, something from my accounting department, and how do I bring all that together so that commerce works? And so, you know, we've got about 120 different partners and growing every day. We've got a laundry list. I mean, we've got about 25 new ones in implementation at any given time um, that really are trusting us to help make their, their, their journeys better. And beneath that, obviously, is our the businesses um, that are, are, are customers of that software provider that then become customers of ours where we try to, you know, help manage through all that. And so, you know, that's some of the complexity that we deal with because no two partners are the same. Yeah, and there's, there's no doubt. So as, as you look into the future and you're reading the tea leaves and the writing on the wall and, and everything else and cryptocurrency and, and the, all the different coins, are you excited about the future? Are you nervous about it? Are you excitedly nervous about it? Here, the way I think about you know, especially as it relates to crypto. Um, look, I think I'm ex- I'm excited about it because I think what all payment methods do, whether it's credit cards, whether it's crypto, whether it's online banking, there's a lot of different payment methods. And even if I think about Venmo and other things like that, it expands the pot. And at the end of the day, our 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 competitors are cash and check. And so as long as the pie increases. Right. From a digital standpoint, like uh, any of those methods I just talked about, I think that that just creates a bigger pot because our job is to enable commerce. I don't really care what the tender type is. Now, do I need to make sure that we're doing it in a protective way? Am I going to take crypto risk? Maybe, maybe not. That's a business decision that, you know, even 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 small businesses can make. Am I actually going to take the risk or do I just want to accept the tender? and turn it back into U.S. dollars. You know, those are different business decisions, but being able to open up payment met- methods is fundamental to helping the whole pie grow. So I get excited about that. Quite frankly, and I'm really glad that the government has decided to not say no to crypto. They've said, let's go create some rules and a framework that we can all live in, and then we can make sure we have it and, and it being done right. And I think about buy now, pay later the same way where you've got all these providers doing things in all these different ways, same as crypto. And if you start to create some real rules so that you can have clean adjudication, so when there's disputes, that consumers are not put in harm's way and are doing things with their eyes wide open, I think that opens up a good framework to build a good, solid you know, payments infrastructure. That makes a lot of sense. And that's part for the course. The government always acts very wisely and prudently and makes the great decisions all the time. So oh, check. <laughs> <laughs> so your competitors are cash in check. And it made me wonder, there's still a lot of people that 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 are unbanked and probably a lot of people who are still using cash and check, uh, right. cash and checks. How, how many people are we talking about? Do you know? Is that knowable? Uh, look, there's, I mean, everybody uses them to some extent. Right. And I think that's that's kind of where we're going. But it's because, you know, it's shrinking if you think about lots of different markets that we're in. Right. The check business is still a big business, especially when you think about the B2B market, when you think about like all the invoices, you, the healthcare invoices, you know, think about you're just at home. Right. When you get a, a, an invoice in the mail for your, your health care bill, um, you know, there's a lot of there's still a lot of paper in the system. Um, I think you will see over time you know, new things coming to market to bring it out of the system. I think you see things like Apple Pay and 
you know, things, even things like tipping now that you see a lot of people doing via PayPal or Venmo or, or sell and things like that, that are really working on getting some of those areas of cash, like that last mile um, out of the system. And quite frankly, the invoices, you know, the invoices are, are painful for businesses. Um, think about how long it takes to send it out, wait till a check comes back in the door. If I can put someone on an automatic draft or if I can use a prepaid card or things like that standpoint, like businesses would prefer in many cases not to have to sit and wait. Um, it just takes a long time to collect your money. That creates other challenges in your business. Some of it goes uncollectible um, to, to drive those pieces out, but it still is a big piece. And I think in order to, you know, kind of accept, you know, and different, different verticals will look at it differently, but I think it's going to, it's going to be around forever. One of the things about, especially in the U S is that the market is so fragmented. We have so many different solutions, so many different banks, so many different providers that the long tail, this is not a zero sum game. And so the long tail stays for a really, really, really long time. Interesting. So companies like Stripe, Zelle, PayPal, how, how do you interact with them? Are they competitors or those partners? Um, I would say yes, across the board. Correct. Uh, the term <laughs> I would use is competition. You know, in many cases, some of the people that you mentioned, um, in some areas of their business, they're competitors of ours. And in other areas, they're partners of ours. And so if I look back in my early days in the payments industry, you know, we had very defined lines. You know, the swim lanes were defined. Like, you know, the card, the Visa MasterCard did X and the bank did Y and a sales group did Z and technology sat here. And instead of like, you know, these defined swim lanes, we all now have one big kiddie pool we're all playing. And so um, I think in this day and age, you kind of have to sit here and say, I'm okay in some segments competing with my partner. And so let's lay all the chips on the table. Here's where we're going to partner and here's where we're going to compete and do those types of things. Everybody play nice. <laughs> play nice where you can. Love it. Well, Greg, the people are ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? My difference making tip is, you know, is, 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 I would say, and this is for, for businesses in general, is that the market's changing quickly. Uh, be prepared to future-proof your ecosystem. But I would also say with that, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, meaning sometimes being a fast follower is a better position to be in than the early adopter. And so, uh, you know, think about future-proofing your ecosystem, but don't go all in on something brand new. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on. Fast follower versus early adopter. I love that. Excellent. Well, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you and Fortis and how can people engage with you? That's great. It, you know, it's early. It, it's uh, FortisPay.com. So easy. F-O-R-T-I-S-P-A-Y.com. Uh, come to our website. Um, you, can, you can explore our solutions there. You can understand the verticals that we play in. Um, get to know a few of the bigger software providers that we partner with and the ecosystems that we learn in and look forward to engaging with you on whatever your journey is and our guides are there to help you. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Greg your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to fortispay.com. That's F-O-R-T-I-S. 
P-A-Y.com and check out everything that they are working on and find out if there's an opportunity to partner and work together. Thanks again, Greg. Thanks a lot, George. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.